One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Fuel Better podcast. As always, I am your host, Evan Lynch, and this week we have a bit of a cracker of an episode here. That is, at least if you are an endurance athlete and you're into the nitty gritty of, well, what am I taking today uh, on my long ride in my brick session, or how am I going to optimize my race day performance nutrition? You're likely bombarded with claims that certain products will be able to help you with a certain outcome or be able to improve this that or the other and today we're going to zone in and look at hydrogel technology which has been a buzzword in the endurance world for quite a while now um, as hydrogel technology purports to have some pretty big impact on endurance performance we'll get into all that today But before I do that, just a couple of quick announcements to be... So starting from the top, we have found a podcast sponsor, which will be introduced in the coming week or two. So keep an eye out for that. That's pretty exciting stuff. Second announcement, here in my clinic in Clonmel, I am now offering sweat testing services. So I'm in the process of creating a full fuel and fluid plan for athletes and this is particularly useful if you're a marathon runner an ultra runner cyclist triathlete particularly Ironman and half Ironman where the sweat rate you have the sodium losses you have and the carb intake you're able to achieve on race day can have a pretty significant impact on how you perform there's actually a little bit of research on that so this service is going to get you into the clinic we'll get you up on a bike get you sweating for a while we'll see what your sweat rate is like and we can test what your sodium losses are so there's no more guessing there's no more no more suffering from cramps no more poor hydration problems no more walking in that run phase of that triathlon or not being able to buckle ahead for that sprint finish on a sportive or a stage race and it'll all be bespoke to you tailored exactly to your requirements little pdf that you can bring with you forever and will always be relevant to you so that's the second announcement third and final announcement we are taking on a couple of more clients in the coming weeks so i have yet to introduce gary to this podcast he will be on soon i promise but gary has some space coming up to take on clients and just to give gary a bit of a background here Gary is more or less the same as me. He's a performance nutritionist. He's a registered dietitian, very, very interested in helping people and very interested in sports, fitness and behavior change. So there's about five to 10 spaces coming up to work with Gary in the coming weeks. If that interests you, please reach out to info at evanlynchfitnut.com. Send me a DM or drop me a message. I'm pretty easy to find and we can get you set up with Gary. That's all the announcements. Let's dive into the show.
So as promised, this episode is going to be a bit of a belter for anyone in the endurance world or the sports nutrition world. If you sit in either of these categories, what I assume is that you're familiar with this term, hydrogel technology. It's everywhere you look. It's on all of the higher market, uh, top price tier products on the shelves at the moment. But a lot of people don't actually ever think about what is in the product I am drinking, taking, consuming, chewing when I'm on the bike when I'm on my run, when I'm preparing for my big, big race. We just tend to trust claims. We tend to look at the brands. We tend to look at very anecdotal evidence. So before we get into hydrogel technology and look at some of the products that have hydrogel technology incorporated into their formulas, I would just like to point out a couple of things about how carbohydrate products interact with um, your performance and some of the other factors that are at play apart from the addition of the hydrogel technology. So that's really important for, for framing why some of the products are working. It may not be for the reason that you believe. So I'll briefly outline the facts around carbohydrate ingestion during exercise and what we're really looking at in terms of how it affects our performance. So what we know crystal clear insofar as what has been researched is that there's more or less a linear trend between how much carbohydrate you consume during exercise, i.e. gels, dates, fruit, pouches, etc. however you choose to fit that in, and your performance. So what, what I have seen, I, I did read a brilliant research paper, I don't remember, any of the details about it who wrote it when i just remember it struck me in that between zero and 70 grams of carbohydrates performance increases incrementally as you go from zero to 70 grams so basically the more you consume the better you're going to perform on top of that there has been some recent research that outlines the effect of 60 versus 90 versus 120 grams of carbohydrates ingested. And this was in ultra runners. Typically, it's thought that during running, it's harder to get higher carb intakes for a bunch of reasons, namely logistical and gut reasons. But we can probably look at that another day. But what, what the research found here was that as you go from 90 to 120 grams, and by the way, it was often thought that 90 grams was as much as humans could really take on or absorb during exercise. And that's being challenged at the moment with some really fascinating research. But what we saw was rates of perceived exertion dropped going from 90 to 120 grams of carbohydrates per hour and muscle damage. It, it's like there's like 10% of the muscle damage that you would experience during exercise bouts, particularly long rides, long sessions, long hill runs, a couple of hours on the go, when you go from 90 to 120 grams per hour of carbohydrates on average, which is fascinating. And I suppose what's important here is what's been shown in research that around 90 grams per hour, if you're using a two to one carbohydrate source, is where the peak oxidation of carbohydrates kicks in or tops off even. And what that means is your body has the capacity to burn approximately 90 grams of carbohydrates per hour. 
about 60 grams of maltodextrin or glucose or something equivalent, and about 30 grams of fructose. Now, there is margins there, there's plus or minus there, as with all things in the human body. So that extra carbohydrate, I'm assuming, and so what I've understood, maybe just going to keeping your glycogen stable as opposed to being used directly as fuel. When we then go away from looking at the absolute quantity of the carbohydrates, what's important is the ratio of the carbohydrates. So in, in doses that have been studied, it's clear that there is a advantage in terms of promoting exogenous carbohydrate oxidation and I'll explain that in a minute, going from something like the traditional 2 to 1 ratio of maltodextrin to fructose to something like your 1 to 0.8 ratio of maltodextrin to fructose, so almost a 1 to 1 there. And just to explain what is exogenous carbohydrate oxidation, because most people don't know what that means, to be fair, it basically refers to the carbohydrates that you're burning during exercise how much of that is derived from what you are just after eating or the fuel you take on board while you're exercising or how much of that is coming from your glycogen. So one factor that you might often see observed in some research papers is glycogen sparing. So for example, taking on carbohydrate products has a glycogen sparing effect. It prevents you breaking down your body's glycogen store. Carb loading does the same thing. Caffeine has a minor effect on glycogen sparing. Getting more well-trained so that you're capable of using slightly more fat at any given intensity, that's glycogen sparing. And we want to spare glycogen and promote optimal exogenous carbohydrate oxidation because as we run out of glycogen, that's called bonking. That's hitting the wall. That's good looking thanks to your, your performance that day. So that's, that's carbohydrates in a nutshell. I'm probably going to do another episode looking a bit more in-depth at that. It's not the point of today's topic, and we're already 10 minutes in. So I'm going to get on with my point here. The reason I felt the need to outline that is the common brands looked at for hydrogel technology would be the likes of your Martins or your SIS beta fuels. Those are high-dosed products with close to, if not a 1 to 0.8 ratio of carbohydrates so those those products give you an excess of 70 grams of carbohydrates per hour if you're using the drinks the gels obviously not so much but they're highly dosed as well and they have that dual carb source in a favorable ratio so odds are they're going to be useful for you whether they have hydrogel technology added or not just to point that out before we get into the research here okay so hydrogel technology what is it? It basically refers to the addition of two items, pectin and sodium alginate, to a carbohydrate mix. And the reason they do that is pectin and sodium alginate form a gel in acidic environments. So if you've had the pleasure of doing junior cert biology or you're just a bit of a you know, curious person about the human body and you know you happen to know that the human stomach has a pH of around 2, which is very acidic environment, it's very low pH. That's the only place in your body, hopefully, that your pH is that low. So the pectin and sodium alginate will form a gel when it enters your stomach. 
and it'll encapsulate the carbohydrates, the carbohydrate molecules, and it will go back from gel to not being a gel as it gets to your intestines, as the pH rises again. So basically, hydrogel technology, in a, in, in a nutshell, means the product will turn into a gel-like substance when in your stomach. That happens for two reasons insofar as I understand. The main one is because it's thought that it could enhance gastric emptying rate. So how quickly your stomach empties its contents into your intestinal tract. And if we think about this, let's think about it like traffic. If there's more traffic, it takes longer for something to move from point A to point B. If your gastric emptying rate is pretty slow or slowed down, the food you eat is taking a longer time to get to your blood, which is where you want it. So you you eat some gels, Haribo's, a bit of sugar, whatever, a banana even. You want that sugar to be absorbed into your bloodstream so your cells can use it to make energy, to fuel and pay for the work you are doing. So if your gastric emptying rate slows down, and that's pretty normal, so gastric emptying does slow down during exercise, two reasons there is a nervous system aspect to it your digestion is kind of shut off as exercise kicks in due to the fight or flight response and secondary to that as you start exercising blood is redirected from your gut to your muscles which makes sense so you lose a fair chunk of functionality there and if we think about it in theory then looking to optimize gastric emptying rate is a convenient way to make sure that you can consume higher amounts of food and fluids so that you can support higher rates and levels of performance. I hope that makes sense to you. One of the second reasons for the gel, there is a tidy feedback loop between hormonal signaling um, as food enters your intestinal tract and gastric emptying in particular, I'm talking about glucose-like peptide 1, GLP-1. As carbohydrates enter your intestinal tract, you get a bit of a rise in GLP-1, which signals to shut down gastric emptying. In essence, the gel more or less sneaks the carbohydrate molecules out of your stomach, and that may be, now this is not confirmed, but this is, I'm assuming, part of the mechanism. That may be one way that it can help preserve that gastric emptying rate. So that's what the products say they do. But to be honest, if we look at the research, that actually isn't as clear cut. And the other claim often made by hydrogel technology products is that it can optimize exogenous carbohydrate usage. So you, you'll burn much more of the carbs you're consuming as opposed to glycogen with hydrogel technology products. So this discussion today is actually going to look at a recent meta-analysis and systematic review on this very topic. It's the first one. It was only released this year by Suthal et al. And I have the PMID in the description of the podcast here. So you can take a look for yourself. And I've outlined some of the findings from the studies. And we're going to go through it right now. And you're going to be an Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Expert in whether or not hydrogel technology is really worth the hype. So, before we get into the actual studies, some things to point out. None of the research to date has actually been able to look at the effect of these hydrogel products at high intensity, so above 80% VO2 max. That hasn't been done. So it's, it's for the most part being done around mid-aerobic range, where an athlete will be very comfortable and where there's very unlikely um to be major disruption to gastrointestinal function so it's hard to test the hypothesis to see if it's actually better so that that's one issue with this research today so that's a missing link secondary to that we know that gut training has a huge role to play in an athlete's tolerance to carbohydrate products or intra-workout feeding and it doesn't seem to be part of the research that you know they haven't really looked at that maybe there's just it hasn't been done yet maybe someone is currently doing the research but looking at the effect of gut training with hydrogel technology products on their tolerance and utility that hasn't been done so we don't know is it something you need to adapt to so let's let's actually get into what we have found so one of the first studies in this systematic review was royale 2021 looked at 11 well-trained male athletes cycling for 120 minutes at aerobic capacity, so 68% of their VO2 max, and then they did a 5-kilometer time trial. And they used drinks that gave them 90 grams of carbohydrates per hour with that 2-to-1 ratio, and they had a control without the hydrogel and one width. There was a significant difference in time trial finish times, and carbohydrate oxidation between the hydrogel and the control there was no difference between blood glucose levels and lactate levels between the two groups so perhaps these well-trained athletes they may have been more familiar with these products they may have been more well adept um, to using carbohydrates during exercise so that's that's one point for hydrogel Next study that uh, popped up in this systematic review was Pedersen et al. 2020. 12 athletes cycling uh, for 180 minutes at 55% of their watt max. They, they used about 96 grams per hour of carbohydrates, so a little bit of a higher carb intake there. More or less the exact same product, so 2 to 1 ratio with the hydrogel. There was a significant difference in carbohydrate oxidation. And two interesting things from this study, the pH, so the drop in, in uh, acidity in the mouth was lower with hydrogel products versus the non-hydrogel products. So if, if you're familiar with what that means, dentists would be celebrating this, that the hydrogel appears not 
maybe to have the same potential to cause tooth decay as most sports products do. You ferment sugar in your mouth, turns into acid, destroys your teeth. That's basically how cavities happen. The third interesting finding from this study was 40 minutes after feeding was stopped, the blood glucose levels of the athletes using the hydrogel technology was much, much lower than those who didn't. And that's interesting and relevant because if we're looking at maybe athletes training daily or multiple times a day who use hydrogel products, suppressed blood glucose is not something that we want to have happening. That has the capacity to impair recovery and muscle cell signaling and repair. So that's just something to bear in mind. Interesting, nonetheless. Okay, next one. McCubbin et al. 2020 looked at nine athletes. There was a mixture of recreational and elite athletes. They got them cycling. So not much of these studies have looked at running, which is important as there are big differences in terms of gut tolerance in running and cycling. So it looked at nine athletes, mixture of recreational and active cycling at 60% of their VO2 max for three hours. So kind of your long, easy ride. And they gave them 90 grams of carbohydrates per hour, one with hydrogel, one group without. There was absolutely no differences in time to fatigue, exogenous carbohydrate usage or performance overall. So no differences, albeit this is at a lower intensity. Um, so it might not be as useful or the differences might not be as clear cut or they're simply using more fat anyway so it's not as relevant at that intensity. Flood AL was the next study on the docket and this one was interesting. It had a mixed group of men and women so seven in each and it put them on the bike for an hour and a half at 45% of their VO2 max, so not moving hard, but it was 32 degrees Celsius and the humidity was pretty high, so challenging conditions. They give them 90 grams of carbohydrates per hour. What's interesting to note, there was no differences at all in the performance or any of the markers we'd use to look at performance, but gut discomfort was something that the group using the hydrogel noted quite a lot to a significant degree. So that's, that's important. Um, it is useful to look at this for patients who might have IBS, IBD, or some other gut conditions who might have visceral hypersensitivity. So you might actually literally experience gut-based issues to a more severe extent than someone who doesn't have a pre-existing GI condition. So if there's the potential for that gut discomfort, and in particular a feeling of fullness, perhaps the stomach needs a little bit more training, or perhaps if you have a sensitive stomach, avoiding hydrogel might be important, or it might not be the place to start if you're looking to optimize your fueling tactics. Maze Al then 2019, similar study, eight well-trained athletes cycling at 55% of their VO2 max for 120 minutes. Strangely, they gave them 66 grams of carbohydrates per hour, more or less the exact same formula, one group with, one group without the hydrogel, Zero differences in performance or any of the performance metrics again, but the group using the hydrogel displayed and experienced higher levels of gut discomfort and feelings of fullness in their stomachs. And this was well-trained athletes. So this 
this discomfort has been shown in both recreational and well-trained athletes. And again, it is a limitation of the research to date, but it's impossible right now to say with any conviction or with any evidence that hydrogel technology is better for gastric emptying because it has not been shown to be or better for gut tolerance. And the research to date cannot outline the fact that it might be superior for race performance because those studies just have not been conducted. Lastly, there was a study done by Barbara et al. 2019 that was included, and it's the last one I'm going to touch on. And it went through a similar rigmarole, went through an aerobic challenge over a period of time, extended period of time, nothing anaerobic, nothing high intensity. There was no difference between control and experiment groups in exogenous carbohydrate oxidation. So the claim that the hydrogel will be beneficial for sparing glycogen, again, has not been substantiated or at least it's not consistently substantiated. And at this point in time, there probably just isn't enough research there at the moment to say these products are absolutely and obviously beneficial for an athlete because that just, you, you cannot say that and be clear in your conviction that what you are saying is correct. Okay, so that's the research breakdown that exists to date. It's not exactly a shimmering, uh, what am I trying to say here? We're, we're, we're not really looking to promote a product here. I'm not looking to slate a product. This is just the facts as they are. It, it wouldn't be an indictment to say, yeah, this is something that you would go for. Personally, in my own practice, I don't recommend hydrogel technology products to people because the research doesn't suggest that that's a good idea or required or even better than non-hydrogel products as of yet. And in fact, when you compare them to just normal carbohydrate products and carbohydrate intake is matched for, they are not better. So do with that information what you will. From a clinical perspective, I found it curious that the acidity of your stomach was an important factor in whether the hydrogel would actually work or not. So you need low acidity for that to work. So it occurred to me, and I haven't seen this noted or even acknowledged in the research base, that if you are someone who has, let's say, reflux issues or gastritis and you're taking a proton pump inhibitor medication like esomeprazole or Nexium, or you frequently use Rennie, you are probably not going to be able to benefit or use hydrogel technology products. They definitely won't be able to help you because the pH of your stomach is changed. So that, that was one thing that I thought would be interesting. So if that's you, you don't need to go for those higher market, higher expensive products. Probably not going to work for you anyways. Secondly, some of the research has looked at isomaltulose as one of the carbohydrates in the mix, which doesn't make sense because we know that isomaltulose is very, very slow to break down. And when we look at its effect on carbohydrate oxidation all by itself, it reduces exogenous carbohydrate breakdown. So the, the research base probably needs to be a little bit bigger and I might even do another episode on it in a couple of years time when, when we have all of the facts at hand. Last but not least, I just wanted to point out exactly why does the hydrogel technology cause gut discomfort? So I know there's probably some people listening who might, who might have experienced that and are wondering, well, what happened? I thought this was supposed to help me. 
the gelation aspect of the product increases its, its viscosity. And what we know from looking at gastric tolerance of carbohydrate products is that the higher the viscosity and the concentration of a product, the harder it is to tolerate. And that, that viscosity is what gives that feeling of fullness in the stomach. So if you're someone who suffers from gut issues, that's really worth noting and that might inform your decisions as to how you fuel your training moving forwards. Okay, that's Hydrogel technology in a nutshell. I hope you found that useful. And the, the reason I used the Sutal AL 2022 paper is because it, by nature of being a systematic review and meta-analysis, it actually gives a total look um, quantitatively and qualitatively as to what the evidence says. And what it says is that there is no clear differences in terms of gastric emptying rates, in terms of gut discomfort, gastrointestinal distress during exercise, finish time performance or exogenous carbohydrate oxidation between normal carbohydrate products and your hydrogel products. So that's that's where the book stops. I hope you found this episode useful and insightful. If you like the more scientific nature of this episode and we got more into the nitty gritty, please let me know. And also, I'm, I'm trying to grow this podcast. Uh, I'm really going to put a lot of effort into it from now on because I, I get a lot of feedback that it's valuable. If you find this podcast valuable, helpful, insightful, or even interesting, I would appreciate it a lot if you could leave me a review on Spotify, maybe share it with a friend, maybe give it a little share on social media. The bigger this gets, the more time and effort I can put into it, and I might even end up getting a guest or two. Who knows? Anything could happen. All right, guys, that's everything from today. Thanks for listening. Okay, guys, one last thing before we sign off for today. If you are interested in signing up to the coaching program, please do get in touch. As I said at the start of the episode, there are a couple of spots opening up with myself in October, November time. And with team member Gary, there will be about five to ten spots available in the coming two to three weeks. So those are there. Get them while they're hot. If you don't think you need coaching, if uh, in the sense that you don't need the follow-up, the feedback, perhaps you've got a single issue that you want to deal with, you get gut issues during exercise, maybe you have type 2 diabetes, maybe you want to go through an education workshop in relation to how to manage your IBS. Whatever it is, there is a consultation clinic that is open all year round. The link is in my bio on Instagram or you can get in touch for booking a consultation because the team here at Evan Lynch Nutrition Limited are all registered dietitians. If you have health insurance, everything is reimbursable to a fair chunk. So that option is there for you as well. Currently, we are setting up some auxiliary sports science services, such as our sweat testing clinic. That will be available uh, all year round again in the coming weeks. That's set to start pretty soon. And then there will be VO2 max, lactate and metabolic testing coming into play here in Clonmel as well. Obviously, that facility is only available in person, so if that does interest you, please get in touch for a booking. That's all for this episode. Please tune in for our next episode, and I got some exciting announcements coming up. And as always, 
give it a like, give it a review, tell a friend, and let's get this podcast growing. Thanks, guys. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mm. Mm. 